The Coffee People podcast is presented by Rostar Coffee Packaging. Rostar is the digital printing company that makes custom printed packaging for coffee products. They create packaging that make even small roasters look like a really big deal. At Rostar.com, you'll find out about their fast turnaround time, high quality product, and low printing minimums. It's what separates them from the rest of the industry. Rostar will quickly become your favorite source for custom American-made product packaging. They work with small, mid, and large coffee roasters. So if you're ready to upgrade your coffee packaging, go to Rostar.com to learn more and connect with the team. Link in this podcast's show notes. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Coffee People podcast for a bonus episode of the pod featuring two entrepreneurs who are in the throes of a true coffee shop adventure. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where I bring you the inspiring and oft entrepreneurial stories of coffee people, in part thanks to our presenting sponsor, Roastar, the premier coffee packaging and printing company. If you're roasting coffee and you want to put your beans into a great-looking coffee package or tin, check out Roastar.com. Today's guests hail from N Plus One Cafe and Rocket Bikes, which share a building in Verona, Wisconsin. If you've been listening to this show for the long haul, you might remember that I have been there before. I went last summer, and I wanted to visit again on my annual trip home to the Midwest. I was going to ride my bike out along one of the many lovely trails that crisscross Dane County, and spend a leisurely morning drinking coffee and ogling bicycles. But when I typed the address into my phone, I saw that they were temporarily closed. I remember thinking, what's happening? With three exclamation points. So I hit up N plus one social medias, and I saw that they were going through a major transition. They had just launched a crowdfunding campaign to help them get back on track, after the impacts of the past three years finally caught up with them. I reached out to owners Jessica and Peter to learn more about how things have changed for them in the years since I last sat on their patio with a cup of coffee from Rusty Dog Roasters in nearby Madison, Wisconsin. So wherever you are, settle in with a coffee from your favorite craft coffee roaster. Take a moment to appreciate that it exists. And enjoy this Coffee People bonus podcast featuring Jessica Laufenberg and Peter Oyen, the team behind the coffee, beer, and bicycle shop soon to be relaunched hopefully relaunched after a successful crowdfunding campaign, as Rocket Velo Cafe. I really uh, appreciate that you guys are taking some time. Any questions before we get started? No, thanks for reaching out. <laughs> Lots happened since we saw you. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised. I, I was so, so excited to ride my bike out and, and have a cup of coffee. But before we get too far, could you just say your names and what your role is at the business so the audience can hear your voice and associate who is who? Uh, Jessica Laufenberg, so uh, co-owner with Peter Rocket Bikes and N Plus One Cafe, which we're merging. And uh, owner, I'm exercise physiologist, biomechanics specialist for 30 years. And then became a barista and all that kind of fun stuff. So, 
I'm Peter Oyen. I'm Jess's business partner, life partner, yeah. everything. And I am the lead head mechanic sales. I'm, I'm a one man show at the bike shop. I'm a great bartender. I'm very social and, uh, I'm the third best barista at our cafe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it sounds like you both know your roles. You just mentioned that you were, the concept was Rocket Bicycles and N plus one. You emailed me earlier to say yeah. that that will hopefully soon become Rocket Velo Cafe, kind of one entity. Mm-hmm. You're currently crowdfunding some support for your business. And I'm going to ask about that. Sure. But before I do, I want to learn a little bit of context. Uh, for myself and anyone listening, what inspired you to start these businesses originally and start them in Verona, Wisconsin? Well, it is all my fault. So uh, (laughs) I moved back here in 01 after grad school and work and then opened up a multi-sport coaching facility in Verona and was working with athletes of all levels and started getting into bike fitting and people weren't feeling good on their bikes. And he he had a nine to fiver and he was always a bike nerd and kind of, then we started, I was always sending people out to different places for bikes and getting, or getting a bike to know it would take forever. And he's such a bike nerd. And why don't we just sell the stuff here? Why can't, why can't we do that here? So he started side hustling outside of his day job. And then in 2009, so I was like, why well, I started SBR in 05 and then 09, uh, Rocket Bikes opened. He started doing it before and after work in 09. And then by 2010, it was like, either you do it or you don't. And so we he went full-time Rocket Bikes. So that's how the Rocket Bikes part started. So was, I was doing the coaching training. He was doing the bike shop. And then in 2016, I actually sold SBR to Bill. And SBR is on the other side. If, when you were at our studio last year, he's over there. So he took over the whole coaching and training and all that. So I sold that to him in 2016. And then we just had the bike shop. Then to add the cafe portion of it happened. And we, we were looking at the building that you saw. I started looking at that building in 2010. We didn't move into that building until well, 2017, 2018. Yeah, we'll but... backtrack. I mean, I started looking at it in 2010. And then in 2014, we went in to go actually buy it. And then one of our, we needed a 50% renter in there to bankroll it. And it fell through and so we stayed where we're at and then yeah and then 2017 the new owners like basically on the same day peter called they called and they're like hey we know you we know you and we walked in there and took the space over and relocated rocket bikes in 2018 and then the cafe part of it was added and we had a different name at the time because we wanted to make we didn't want people to think they had to be a cyclist to come in we really wanted to be very community-based for anybody and it really has done its job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really has fulfilled that, what we wanted out of it. Uh, so, yeah, we relocated at the, in August of 2018. We reopened the bike shop. And then uh, late winter of 2019, the cafe opened. Perfect timing. I think everyone right. knows what yeah, happened right like, after that. You pile your money in and you do this whole <laughs> thing and then open another business and... When we did open the cafe, we were looking for, like, we have our beer license, our wine license, you know, so we wanted to have, we always knew we wanted to have a kind of a social vibe, kind of a chill cocktail aspect of it as well. Um, And we were ready to go in November of 2018, but the city of Verona was, hey, let's hold up a beat. Let's make sure everything's good. 
that's why we opened in 2019. Well, that was one thing I noticed and I wanted to make sure that everyone listening kind of knew about your place was that there's the bike uh, area and then there's the cafe and it was, I had coffee there, but there was also other offerings and beer, very local or very curated experience. I felt like there was coffee from all over the place. Uh, but it wasn't just like, Hey, we got a wholesale brand and we're throwing it up there. You were kind of talking up these indie different roasters that you were bringing in and different beers, which I appreciated. And then kind of a big open space where both sides could, could congregate and where groups could be, which I really appreciated. This year, when I came back, I thought I'm going to ride out there and enjoy a cup of coffee. And I went on your website to check the hours and you were not open uh, mm-hmm. temporarily. When you did open in 2019, the whole enchilada, let's say, I'm assuming there's a lot of excitement. The coronavirus hits. How did that impact you right away? You were still kind of in the beginning of figuring out how it was all going to work in real life. Well, it didn't... Uh- a week before the pandemic started, my father passed <laughs> and literally I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So that, that was kind of like the kickoff. And a week later we were told we couldn't be open. So like we got put into our apartment, my dad died, two businesses that we just like told, we took our life. That was our investment was the building and the businesses. And so going into the pandemic, we had hardly anything because we had just flipped that into the bike shop and the cafe and the relocation and all that stuff. So it was just a big, big scramble of, we have, we have no real his, you know, as a restaurant, we have no history, we have like 10 months of history, but January and February, 2020, we had already doubled every month was doubling the year before already. I mean, so we were like not even a year in and everything was just doubling and we were doing us and the event things never was really an idea for us, but people were starting to ask, like, like you said, a big open space community, how can people do things? So that kind of started to jump really awesome. And we had that whole year schedule with bike rides, food trucks, events, all this stuff. So that all got shut down. So we walk into it with like very, very little savings. And then we can't be open. Bike shop was able to be open because it was deemed essential that was good. I mean, we were definitely hustling, bustling. I think on a personal note, I think with the government shutting us down, it gave us time to heal with her dad passing. So it was timing, you know, it was just like, well, we don't need to cover it up by going to work. We were able to talk and talk with family and like, and console and, you know, and then slowly I started just going back to the shop solo and, and it was very steady until, well, the entire year. We were able to do outdoor seating stuff very separate. Like we had to spread everything apart, I think, early summer. And it was a lot of to-go stuff. Not a lot of people were going out. Then we did get a couple food trucks at the end of the year because we have all the green space and the open garage doors. So we were actually getting a good try to people because we were a safe place to go. Because a lot of other places and coffee shops were all super tiny or on a main drag and there's really nowhere to go. So a lot of people did feel comfortable and safe to come by us. And then the winter wasn't even any better. We I don't even think we, I think early spring of 2021, we could go to 25% indoor capacity and slowly built up to 50. And then the thing was the summer of 2021, we could go to full capacity. It was all over the board, but a lot of people still didn't want to go out. You know, they barely came in. 
spending an entire year of no income and still having the same outputs just kept digging us in a hole. And then on the bike shop, part of it is the whole supply chain. So, I mean, we had like a local truck store calling us at the end of 2020. Do you have tubes? Like we have tubes. We don't have tubes. (laughs) If you don't have tubes, we don't have tubes. Like, you know, I mean, it was becoming that. And so then you start having all these supply chain issues and every headline you can think of, it existed for us and couldn't get things and delays like the ship in that got turned in the canal. Like we had a bike on that, you know, like it, everything's just stuck and all this stuff. And then people, you know, weren't happy and took it out on us when their bike wasn't showing up. And so then now we had to dig in our pockets and refund money. So now we're even out more money and, or then, well, if you don't put your order in now, it's 10 months out, but if you don't put it in, you won't have anything for next year to sell. So the bank's like, all right, well, we'll help you out. So you can make sure you have stuff to sell, but then a year later, no one's buying. So this, it just kind of like put this huge, so the, with the bike shop barely not making any sales and then the cafe just all over the place. We were literally just like penny by penny by penny and just the debt, you know, I mean, we went in with like this much debt and now we have like this much. And it's just, <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh, but I yeah. know that like people listening, like imagine like the fingers are close together and they're getting further and further apart. Yes, yeah. And further and further. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to take too far away from this. I, I know I think the thing with the the pandemic was is the unknow the unknowingness of what tomorrow will bring and oh. when things will come back. And in the beginning, we thought, oh, it'll be a couple of weeks, and you know, then it'll be a month, and then it'll be a year. And now it's been three plus years. Mm-hmm. We're moving forward as if it's over, but there's still impacts that are continuing. I want to kind of sidestep a little bit and just ask, what role does a cafe and a small business like a bike shop hold in a community like Verona, which is a suburb of Madison, a bigger city? What was a very small, tight-knit community that has been exploded by the uh, entrepreneurship of the Epic business, which I can... Well, I mean, the whole cafe part of it really did start because the old location, so many people started bike rides from our place. I'd have a pot of coffee going on in the morning. Everyone would do other group rides and we'd help coordinate stuff. And then someone would run up to the grocery store and go get a six pack and have beer after. So I was like, okay, with this relocation, it's always coffee and beer are bookending on bikes. And so that part to keep them there and it just seemed to fit. And it's definitely a big thing. East coast, West coast, very new Midwest is to try to put all that sociality and keep that going for people in a different way. And we just want to keep it very simple and different and different. We never didn't want to carry and do what everyone else in the area does either. That's why we have different coffee brands, different local foods, things like that. And not like, yeah, bakery and things like that. So it's a different, and we want people to be, to experience it. And Peter came up with the whole thing is we have relationship. We create a relationship with you through bikes, coffee, and beer. Like we want to have, relationships created uh that way so that's that's how the cafe plug-in kind of cultivated up out of the bike shop and we just like i said earlier we didn't want to we want to make sure that people didn't feel like they had to be a biker to come in it could just be for anybody and it, that's happened and it just seems to work mm-hmm. i don't know and we wanted to make sure the atmosphere that they came into fit that too that they everyone just felt comfortable very simple very clean mm-hmm. you know white walls Natural wood, steel. Light, tons of light. We used the, the building's 80 years old, so we really wanted to keep that 
oldness to it, I guess, with some modernness. Sure, that character. I don't know if that answers anything. <laughs> well, I think everything answers. I, I mean, I, I come from a restaurant background. People on the sh- that listen to the show know that. And I, at the time, as a young person learning the business, I didn't necessarily think as highly of it as I do now. But I think with some experience in life and being able to look back, realizing that the cafe is where people go when they're happy. It's where they go when they're sad. It's when they're excited. It's when they want to meet, you know, a friend that's new or a friend that's old, you become a hub for all of the things around you. And uh, it wasn't intentional, but hub is a bike term. So I'm just going to call that a good transition pun. (laughs) Yeah. We've always said we're the nucleus for everything. So hub is perfect. There you go. Yeah, I wish it was a camera sometimes, like like I'm just visualizing of all these people coming in, uh, separate occasions, of course, like, you know, these girls haven't seen each other in two years, and they, they meet it right in front of me when I'm taking their order, and there's big hugs, and there's crying, and it's like, that was me. That was awesome. Like, guys, they haven't seen each other in years, or... They're trapped, like we're right off the highway. So, I mean, you literally exit and in two minutes, you're right in our parking lot. So it's easy to get from Madison to Iowa on that main, you know, that main highway. That was always, and I was like, yes, that's what we wanted. And even locals bringing their kids down and reminiscing and hanging out, like Jess said that, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but it was like, yeah, there's subtle things that's like, it's a bike shop, but it's not it's not a big box shop where there's hundreds of bikes on the floor. It's very curated and, and like a studio. Yeah. Wow. So it's simple from this bike brand to this bike brand, this price point, that price point. It's, it's, it's no big deal. Yeah. Everything's intentional. I mean, yeah. with the bike shop in the beginning and even the coffee, like you said earlier about making sure we expose good coffee and why and good brands and, very traditional and at and retrospect to everything and curate all that together just matches. Well, we mentioned at the top that you are currently running a crowdfunding campaign to help deal with some of that debt that you've accumulated over the last uh, several years of trying to keep the business afloat long enough to get past this time period. Mm-hmm. I just checked it a few minutes ago. You've raised just a hair under forty thousand dollars from two hundred and seventy seven small donations. It's a lot of individuals that have reached out Mm -hmm. to do that. I'm wondering one, what made you decide you were ready to do a crowdfunding? You know, what was that emotion like? And how do you think it's going? Oh, I get to, I get to answer that one. Uh, so the, I mean, when it came to the end of 2022, I mean, it, we sat down with our advisor and our bank advisor and he's like, you're out of money. Like we didn't have money to buy coffee and milk next week. So we just tapped out to pay employees and all that and try to keep it going. He's like, so we have to, we have to stop. We have to pause and see what's going on. And I had physically gotten so depressed and tired. I collapsed in bed in August. I didn't get out of bed for almost two weeks. Just, it was just complete because we couldn't afford employees. It's just me and Peter. So we couldn't afford anything. So we're doing all the work. And then he, we're like, we just have to stop because we're making mistakes and just, we were just like a tilt-a-whirl constantly, one spinning here that way. And uh, so we decided just to pause in January and we did come to the conclusion that we did offer that we wanted to see if someone would buy the cafe portion of it. 
as me wanting to kind of like step back and take different roles and stuff. And we were on that path. We spent three months putting uh, the sale together and it fell through the end of May. Then to kind of circle back to the crowdfunding thing, when that everything, you know, we're looking for alleviated a debt, but we need working capital. If we want to get back working out, kind of like a Kickstarter, like no one else, everyone else did it during the pandemic. They were looking for to help alleviate debt, keep money in the door, keep working capital. So that's kind of our collective goal. It's just happening now. And we probably had over 50 people tell us this since January, but we weren't ready. And we just, we didn't think it was right for us. Like, I think we were focused on this, the, you know, 50% of the sale, the cafe, and that, that's where our mindset was. And then when that all went down, we're talking, you get the news on a Tuesday. <laughs> I'm freaking out, calling my friend in Phoenix, who's a business owner. On Wednesday, we have a meeting on Thursday. And the first thing out of his mouth was, you should do a crowdfunding. And so Justin and I kind of put our heads <laughs> down and we were like, do you know how many people have told us to do that? But we didn't feel we needed it or should do it. And he was like, you guys should definitely do it. And honestly, it, it, it felt right. Like Justin, of course we, we communicate all the time and I go, how do you feel? And she's like, for some reason it doesn't feel bad. It feels okay. I think it's the time. So, so many, yeah, so many people in those few months were like, what can we do? How can we help? They're giving us ideas. How can we help? How can we help? How can we help? And it's like, you know, and then we even brushed it past like, the big business owners that we know that are our friends to just, I would say like the average customer and just toss it at them. They're like, yeah, why not? That'd be great. We want to help. We don't know how to help. And so that's where we put it together. And our friends helped us craft that original message. And um, it's a big ask. And we knew that in the beginning, but it opened up the floodgates to some more ideas on how to like, it wasn't going to be an A equals X dollar amount. It has definitely become an A plus B plus C plus D equals this. It's slowing down on just like the click and donate, which is, you know, some people it's just easy for them to do that. Be sharing it as much as possible. We have gotten, you know, your coverage now, the local TV picked it up. We we were the headlining news on channel at the 10 p.m. news, which was very weird about it. But also they're trying to cover like the post pandemic. It's like a hurricane. Like there's this aftermath that no one's talking about. And sharing that message. We've been in the paper a couple of times. Um, so sharing all that message. We're doing a let's get together fundraiser next Thursday on the 27th. And, and even like when we first put that crowdfunding out, they said, Hey, I donated. However, I have a place up in Door County. Uh, if you do fundraiser, I'd love to donate a weekend up there for you. So all these people are coming at us with all these things like, like, okay, so this could be an idea. And then our friend, Steve and Sarah are basically running it for us. They're leading it. He's going to MC it and auction it. And I mean, if you go on the, the donation page. I mean, we have everything from Bruce Springsteen tickets to like, I can't even think of everything. Great. Yes. Food and experiences and uh, like the VIP lounge for the Cubs game at the Maker's Mark and like all these great things to small little things. Like I'll make your birthday cake and cupcakes. It's a hundred dollar value. So kind of like it scratches every itch financially and motivationally what you're looking for. Uh, so that's come about. And then Another client of ours said, you know, I want to help. Like, can I buy your coffee for a month? We're like, okay. And he said it a couple of times. So we were, now we're going to come out with the sponsor of the week. So for $500, you could sponsor the week and you, and that's kind of covering some basic operating costs, but then you can use us and our platform and our 
bike cafe to do whatever you want. If you want to wrap the tables in your logo, that's fine. You know, so we have a couple people who've already, we haven't even publicized it yet, but a couple people have said they want to do it. And then they can guess bartender if they want and barista. But then if you want to guess barista, you're going to tell all your friends, your guest barista, which is going to expose us. And maybe you, whatever business you have, you're getting your business exposed to everybody else. Or maybe you just want your name and lights and that's all you want because you want to help. So that we're always about community and like, how can we, I know we're looking for help and we really need it, but how can we also help you back a little bit too? And, you know, even with the fundraiser next week, a woman is, she does bake, she's doing bakery out of her house. And she's like, I'm going to come and give samples as well. I'm donating like this package, but I'm going to give samples because it'll get me business. I'm like, I don't care. Do what you want because you're, that's how we want to keep doing it. And then also we're sending letters to big businesses and stuff and looking for grants. We have a really nice, we've got all the articles put together. We've got a really nice letter that we're just literally like handwriting letters and just like asking for money to try to keep, we've, we've got the oldest building in Verona re refurbished. We have all this going on and the timing was just the most horrible and it's no one's fault, but how can we just get a little bit of everybody to put that together? So that's how crowdfunding has turned into all of that. <laughs> uh, so chaos. Which is, is yeah, uh, it's chaos. It feels a yeah, it's definitely <laughs> chaos. It is what it is. I don't know any different. It's always been chaos. So. <laughs> I feel like that's a small entrepreneurship mindset yeah. uh, and yeah. big too. Not I don't mean to imply small, but no, 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 you're good. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of ways people can support. I'm going to make sure that if you're listening, check the links in the show notes. You'll see that stuff uh, and find your way there. What happens if you don't reach your goal? Your goal is $150,000. I'm trying to figure out this part. When you actually look at the donation page, you know, it's we're not there. But we have other things coming in that are getting us there. And that's where we're trying to communicate. Because, like, if someone writes us a check for $1,000, I, I can't show it on that page specifically. Right. So there's all these different ways that are totaling it. So we are confident that we're getting there. And oh, based wow. on so I mean, our plan right now is that we're going to open the first week of August. So reopen as Rocket Fellow Cafe. Why, why change it? Why combine it into one thing instead of the two businesses? I think when we first moved down in 2018, we have a good friend. He's a vice president of marketing for a large firm in Madison. And he suggested that probably three years ago. And I guess to be selfish, um, I really like N plus one <laughs> cafe. I just love the name. I, it was us, another sh place in Australia. And I think a place in Florida that had N plus one and I pitched it to Jess. She loved it. And so that's why, but our friend saw the opportunity to put it all under one umbrella, like create something it's, it's a one space. And there are a few of these type of establishments. There's, there's a couple in Texas, Arkansas, and it's, it's an all-in-one. Like, it's a cafe and a bike shop. And I think when we were starting to do the crowdfunding, we started asking, he's part of our, we call it our, our advisory board. We have a couple other individuals. They're retired. They're just want to help us grow. Um, so they kind of took, took, took the lead on that. I'm going, let's relaunch with a new name. 
a new logo, you know, different website, everything inside is the same. It's the same staff. It's the same me. It's the same vibe. But he's like, let's relaunch it to get more exposure, bring back your your regulars where they're going to see, well, that's different. Well, that looks cool. I didn't notice that. But on top of bringing even more people to the space. Yeah, and on the marketing side of it with his brain, he's like, it's going to be one path, one message, so trying to like manage both. And we did go into it, like I said earlier, to make sure it was together but separate. But now it's like one path. And we have battled. Like, it's confusing for people, and we get that. You know, but we're on the inside looking out, and now they're on the outside looking in. They're our, our, our advisory team who's been our customers for 10, 12 years. So it's not like they're brand new people we scooped off off the street and we didn't wake up one morning and go, hey, what's crowdfund? <laughs> this was like very, very, oh, yeah. very hardcore disgust. But putting it into one package and one messaging, one for all, um, it's still bikes, beer, coffee, and more. It's a social space. And just making it under one hub to help clean up the message to everybody out there. Rocket's his nickname, actually, so that's where Rocket comes from. Um, but, you know, as a marketing side, Rocket is strong. You can say, hey, we're going to go to Rocket. Still keeps that theme in there. And Bello Cafe, so it's a little panache and got a little cachet to it. And it's, it's still a bike cafe. And still, and it is, and we're telling you what it is now. Versus like, well, what's this? And what's that? And like the N plus one up on the wall, we got the definition. Like those little things are all going to stay. It's just putting more of that marketing platform and path together. We're listening um, now instead of taking the lead and like, yeah. this is our business. We do that. We're like, all right, tell us what to do. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, before I get too far away from it um, and, and come to the end of this little conversation, a lot of the people listening aren't going to know what N plus one means. What does oh. that mean? Uh, N plus one is the number of bikes you have. And typically it's three and you always want one more. And actually, in the Greg LeMond book, there's a book, it's like, I don't know, like 101 rules of cycling. And I think number rule number 11 is N plus one. You always want one more. And it also kind of fit with the beer and the coffee and stuff. It's like, well, I always want another beer. I always want something else. I always want a little bit more. So that whole definition works. Um, so sure. I know it'll still be cosplayed and stuff like that in, in our marketing and stuff like that. But we're just making it very simple on the outside for one word I'm yeah i know i always want one more as well yeah you're always shopping um, for another yeah <laughs> i i went to three coffee shops today so uh <laughs> and i at one point owned way more than three bikes but i've since paired back i only own two now so you, you you fit us very well <laughs> i have found my path uh to less bikes by buying more expensive bikes <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> that, that is like uh there's different meanings right definition one and then definition how to get less than how to get n minus one by more expensive bike. yeah the budget has stayed the same but the number of bikes i can fit in that little uh window is smaller yeah is there anything we didn't cover about this crowdfunding campaign about the future rocket fellow cafe that you really want people to know no i think we covered everything and you know, and we've had a couple people message us of, you know, like give up and all that kind of stuff. And which is, you know, we're going to get a couple of those, but we just always want, we want people to know, like we do have, like behind us, there's this huge team of pe people behind us. And we have a team, like these people that were all going to be in this ownership team 
they're not owners right now, but they're all helping us do all of this work. They wouldn't have helped if they didn't believe in it. Yeah, and that, they, that's what I think we keep reminding ourselves. We're like, we could have walked, they could have stepped back in months ago. Like when we had the one business partner back off, he's still on our board. There's so just reasons. He's just not financial. He doesn't have money in the game, but he yeah. wants to keep, he, he brings his wife in, like they see it and they feel it. And there is an energy, but I think that's what we created. And just to know that the public knows that have the confidence that we're not, we're, we have a plan. <laughs> We're trying to communicate that pretty hard that this is not taken very lightly or, I mean, it's hours of discussion and talking and planning and how to do it and who's got what role and things like that. So whoever's listening, if you want to share it, you want to click and donate, it's easy. If you're in the area and you want to come to the fundraiser, even if you're not an auction fundraiser person, come have a beer because that that's how you can help. You know, just buying a $5 beer helps. Not It's not like you have to write these you know, checks with zeros on it. Some people can, some people can't, you know what? Some people can only share it. So just the more you can share the effort on that uh, is just going to help. But we do have the confidence. We've got people behind us that are very important people out there that are with us. This is a coffee show, although it skews very entrepreneurial. (laughs) So I have to ask you when you go to another coffee shop and you need to order something, (laughs) what are you going to order? Yeah. I'm usually, I'm always a traditional macchiato and I'll leave it at that. I love traditional, (laughs) (laughs) I love traditional (laughs) macchiatos. I like a nice cortado. Yeah. I'm I'm a cortado or cappuccino, sometimes breve. Uh, But depending, I'll look if someone, they do pour overs. I'm a big pour over gal. I always like to try pour overs and I like more of like the fruity side, the lighter side, see if they can bring all those notes out. And that's one big thing too. We try to teach people that light darker isn't always better, you know, like getting people to have an open palate with things and stuff. So well, we educate a lot. Like they think dark roast is more caffeine when the lighter roast does. They think espresso has more caffeine than a drip. Like it is a lot of educating, which we like. I think even especially with our cold brew, we're like, well, where's the sugar and the cream? And we're like, oh, no, you got to <laughs> first try it. And if you take one or two sips, and then if you want cream, I'll definitely give it to you. And it's been awesome seeing some people just like their eyes bright up and they're like, oh, my God. They're like, right? They're like, <laughs> I never knew. It's like because they're in their, their rhythm. Get, get it, put sugar, coffee in it, move mm-hmm. on. And then we're trying to slow, like our vibe is slow. Hey, take your time. Take your, it's chill. Like no one's rushing here but you. And no one here is Says the guy nicknamed Rocket. Right, I know, yeah. So he's a quad (laughs) macchiato. I'm a cortado. What are you getting? Oh, black batch brew drip every time. Yeah. And uh, I do that because, one, I drink a lot of coffee. And it's a great way for me to kind of see how much they care about the lowest thing on the menu. Mm. And if I think a coffee shop has dialed that in and and is clearly taking some care with it, then I go, okay, I'm going to get something else. I might get an espresso or a pour over or this afternoon I was at a place and I ordered a cappuccino because I'd been there before 
And I was like, I just want something a little sweet today. Yeah. And I'm going to go with that. Yeah. But yeah, always, I always start with that. And I just kind of have learned it's the same when I go to restaurants and I, if I always judge a restaurant based on the quality of their toilet paper, yeah. because yes, that's dude. how much, yes, you know, how much they care well, about their employees, and the people that actually work there. You're in the <laughs> business. Like I've, I've, t- I've had <laughs> conversation awesome. with good friends and even, you know, our very small staff, but I'm like, that bathroom has to look meticulous. I go, the, the glass is clean. Like it is, and I get compliments and I, I, I sound like a little giddy schoolgirl, but I'm like, when people are like, that's the cleanest bathroom. I'm like, yes, of course. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that because, <laughs> you know, that is a, that's huge for like, if that's clean, you know, our coffee is legit. Yeah. You know, our space is legit. You know, it. it's just subconscious. I think about it as if the areas that I can see as a customer are clean, I am more confident that the areas that I can't are also clean. Yes. And the vice versa of that is true. Love it. Well, Peter and Jessica, I just, I really appreciate your time. I wish you the best of luck on this goal that you are confident you're going to reach. And I am now confident as well, uh, having talked to you. But we will share that again on the podcast notes on roastwestcoast.com for anyone. Uh, Good luck. And thank you for uh, taking the time. Hey, thank you. It was great to see you in chat. Okay, to recap, the business is all Jessica's fault. It started at a chaotic time, unintentionally. The first year of any new business is always stressful. All the planning and the ideas are playing out in real time. Peter and Jessica were also managing through some grief, and then were confronted by the coronavirus pandemic. Which, if you're out there thinking, uh, but that's over, no. We've all gone through a life-altering shift in the history of the world, and we deserve a pat on the back, or rather a hug or ten for that. The daily fear may be gone for most, but the impacts are still being felt especially by many, many small businesses. Three years of shutdowns, alternating COVID safety rules, supply chain issues, and changes in consumer behavior are things that are neither navigated easily nor quickly, which brings us to this moment in time for Peter and Jessica and their businesses. Facing an uncertain future, worn down physically, mentally, and financially, all options were on the table, including selling the business. The timing wasn't right for that. But it was for a crowdfunding campaign. The community has been wanting to support Peter and Jessica. They just needed to give them the opportunity to do so. Finally, N plus 1 refers to the number of bikes a person owns, and the number that they want, or may believe they need, N plus 1. It applies to coffee too, and that fun ethos won't go away with the combination of the businesses into Rocketfellow Cafe. Rather, the company as a whole, and Peter and Jessica, will get a new life, and I'll get another chance to drink a coffee and ago bikes when I'm visiting the family back home. If you want to support the Rocket Velo Cafe crowdfunding campaign effort, or learn more about the upcoming fundraising events, including the details on the silent auction, go to rocketvelocafe.com, or follow nplus1cafe on Instagram for updates. They'll be changing that to at rocketvelocafe soon, but for now, that one is still good. You'll find those links in this podcast show notes and, of course, on roastwestcoast.com. Thank you to everyone for listening to this show. 
Thank you for supporting it and for supporting small businesses. I appreciate you, and I'm sure they do too. Speaking of support, this podcast's industry partners include our presenting sponsor, Roastar Coffee Packaging, Coffee Cycle Roasting, Ignite Coffee Company, Morea Coffee, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Ascend Coffee Roasters, Moster Coffee Company, Steady State Coffee Roasting, San Franciscan Roaster Company, Crossings Coffee, Ascento Coffee Roasters, Camp Coffee Company, Civets Coffee Roasters, Hasea Coffee Source, and First Light Whiskey. I'm going to drink one of those whiskeys in my hotel room right now. I'm in Henderson, Nevada, and it is 118 degrees outside, which is literally insane. I will still get a hot cup of coffee in the morning, though. You can find all of the links to those brands and more on the front page of RoastWestCoast.com. This Coffee People podcast, and this episode in particular, is part of the Roast West Coast Coffee Network, and it is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Brian Wolt. I hope this episode has found you happy, healthy, and with at least a thread of sanity left, enabling you to make it through the day. Always tip your baristas, and be sure to drink good coffee.